Oh, look at that title. More money. Who wants more money? Who, th who thinks that life would be better if you had more money? Who would be satisfied if you had more money? Because we, we, all, we all think about that. It, Saturday nights, you know, countless Australians sit down in front of the television and watch those little balls going round and round and round and hoping that they're going to come out in the same sequence that they've got them on a, a little piece of paper. And millions of Australians sit there disappointed at the end of it, believing that somehow they were just that far away from winning the lottery. You know, do you know that if you, bought, if you go down to the local, um, wherever you get a lottery ticket from these days, <laughs> where do you get a lottery ticket from? News agent. Yeah. If you go to, apparently, the chance of you having a car accident and being hit by lightning are greater than actually winning uh, the lottery if you've, bought, if, if you've bought a ticket. So be wary going down to the news agent because it can be quite dangerous. So I, I, I'm here because we're here talking about stewardship. And I think the reason I've put the title More Money up there is because a lot of us, I think, have this idea that we could be better stewards if we had more money. That, you know, I've heard people say that, you know, I, I, when, I, when I'm rich, I'm going to support the church. And it's, God's, that's not what God's looking for. It's not what the church is looking for either. So I thought we'd, we'd, we'd approach this whole stewardship again, because I know it's been a couple of weeks. I've been in Fiji. You can tell from my tan, obviously. Um, and uh, no, I won't go into the other things that happened in Fiji. Um, but I'm glad to see most people are well again. Um, but we're, we're talking about this idea of stewardship because we've got Vision Builders Sunday coming up in, in two Sundays' time. And so we're, we're refocusing on this idea of what it means to be a good steward. And I actually want to give you a, a historical example, which I think captures the essence of true stewardship. And it starts with this scripture, Isaiah 57 and verse 15, which says, The high and lofty one, who lives in eternity, the Holy One, says this, I live in the high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. I restore the crushed spirit of the humble and revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. Now, who, who's over 25 here? Who remembers the millennium celebrations in the year 2000? Worldwide, there were pictures of capital cities and all sorts of fireworks that went off. Um, and I don't know whether you remember, but during the, the televised series of things, there was a word that was lit up on Sydney Harbour. Does anybody know what it was? On the bridge there, one word at the end of the fireworks suddenly appeared in the middle of the bridge. Eternity. And it's interesting. I think it's a, we've got it there. There we go. That word appeared on the bridge. Does anybody know why that word appeared on the bridge? Because that word on that bridge was taken from Isaiah 57, 15. They put it on there because that's where they, that's what they wanted to memorize or, or bring to, to, to memory. And it was actually displayed as a tribute to a guy called Arthur Stace, who was a Sydney janitor who came to faith in 1930. So 
long before most of us were born. And two years later, he was actually impacted by a sermon by an evangelist by the name of John Ridley on Isaiah 57, 15. And so from 1932 onwards, this guy, Arthur, for over 35 years, every morning would walk the streets of Sydney with a piece of chalk in his hand, and he would write that word, eternity, on the footpaths of Sydney every day for the rest of his life. And he would get wake every morning, he would pray, and he, would, he believed that God would send him to particular places in Sydney, and he would write that word. And it's interesting that, and he wrote it in that, that script as well, a pure, a beautiful copper plate script. And the interesting thing was he was illiterate. It was the only word he knew how to write besides his own name. And his revelation of the eternal nature of God, the God that he served, revived and restored him, as it says in Isaiah 57, and enabled him to conquer his alcoholism and use what God had put in his hands to impact the city of Sydney in a simple but powerful act of stewardship. Did anybody know the origins of that? I was amazed to discover that particular story. But I think it's great because, you see, he, he didn't have any money. He used what God had put in his hands. And in the year 2000, years after his death, the impact that he'd had on the community of Sydney was commemorated with that word from Isaiah 57:15 on Sydney Harbour Bridge for the whole world to see. That's a pretty good legacy. And so as we come up to, to Vision Builders Sunday... Uh, we actually have some Vision Builders brochures for the, for the new thing, which I've got here, uh, which will be handed out to you this morning as you leave the service. So I encourage you, pick one of those up, uh, take it home, read it. Very important. It's got information in it. Talks about our vision for Vision Builders for this, this next coming 12 months. Um, and we want to encourage you to get involved. And so we're going to go into a few more details about that in the next couple of weeks. But this morning, I just wanted to touch on the value of being involved in Vision Builders as an expression of stewardship. One of the barriers to people getting involved, I think, is the lack of understanding of just how capable we are as individuals to actually make a difference. I mean, after all, how can one person's involvement change the world? I think we've seen how one person can change the world. On our brochure, you see, we be I believe that we can all make a difference if we come together as a team and as a community. Our passion for vision builders is actually as much in the here and now as it is in the future that we're describing or we're hoping to achieve. On, our, on the brochure that you'll get, it states that our vision is that every person, no matter their story or situation, would give from their hearts to vision builders freely and generously in worship of God because it's not about equal giving, it's about equal sacrifice. Now, this is not a compulsory exercise. This is a chance for us all to put into action today something which will change our tomorrow if we want to. It's totally voluntary. It's an expression of what we can do with what we have 
to achieve a result that's bigger than any one of us. And I think we often, we often look at scriptures about stewardship because who knows there are scriptures about it. I'm not making this stuff up. It's in the Bible. Um, but we get the wrong impression about our value and, and worth in these situations. Who's ever read the parable of the talents in uh, Matthew 25? And we, we read in verse 15 about this, the story of a man who's leaving on a journey and he puts his servants in charge of his affairs. And in verse 15, it says, He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. And he then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and, and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now we all, uh, uh, I hope, I assume we all know what happens when the master returns. And I think none of us want to be the servant who buried his bag of silver. Is that right? But I ask you, most of us, I think, would rather be the servant who had the five bags of silver. Is that, would, would that be fair enough? Because guess what? He, he earned more, didn't he? He got more and he got 10 bags of silver in the end. Whereas the guy who had two only ended up with four. But I think we forget the whole idea is that it's not their money. Neither servant ended up richer than the other because it wasn't their money. They were no better. They did what they had, what they could with what they had and were rewarded for doing that. But it didn't make them wealthy. They were still servants. It was the master's money they were dealing with. And so it's not a question of how to get rich by investing our money. The, 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 the moral or the, the story behind the parable is, is actually... I've lost it. Don't tell me I've, I've done George's trick. No, that's no, all right. The message in the parable is that God expects us to do the best with what we've got rather than squander it, what we have. And so we're, we're looking to anticipate Jesus' return. And it's, it's, actually, it's not a story about money at all. It's really about the kingdom of God and how you know, our lives are actually to prepare for the return of the king. And so it's not a lesson in investing money. It's a, le a lesson in doing what we can with what we've got. And the, the Apostle Paul, I think, gives us a, a lesson in both contentment and gratitude in Philippians 4, where he says, Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Interestingly, he says, even so, you have done well with me to share with me in my present difficulty. So while he's learned to be content in every circumstance that he finds himself in, he is also grateful for the generosity of the people around him. Being a good steward is not predicated on your income, but your generosity of spirit and your confidence in God's provision rather than your own. 2 Corinthians 9.8 tells us, 
that God will generously provide all we need, that we will always have everything and plenty left over to share with others. Most of us like the idea of having everything we need, but are not too keen on sharing it with others. And I think that's one of the barriers that God tries to get through. And I think it's encapsulated, has anybody heard the, the story of the businessman and the fisherman? It's not an uncommon story. I, I imagine that many of you have heard it, but I, I, I like, I like the, the thing. It, des it describes how we feel about money in our, in our modern culture. And so a, a wealthy businessman was walking along the beach when he was horrified to see a fisherman lying lazily in his boat. Why aren't you out fishing, he said. There's still lots of time in the day. It's early morning. You could catch more fish, said the businessman. Why aren't you out there? He says, because I caught enough fish today. After I enjoy this sun for a bit, I'm going back home, play with the kids. And then at night, my family's going to meet up with friends to sing and dance, replied the fisherman. As a wealthy and successful businessman, he says, I advise you to go out there and catch more fish. What would I do with them, he said. You could earn more money, said the businessman. And then with the extra money, you could buy a bigger boat, go into deeper waters and catch more fish. Then you'd make enough money to buy nylon nets. And with those nets, you could catch even more fish and make even more money. And you could own two boats, perhaps three boats. And eventually you could have a whole fleet of boats and be rich, like me. Well, that's not what I do, asked the fisherman. Then, said the businessman, you could really enjoy life. The fisherman looked at him quizzically and asked, what do you think I'm doing now? God does not look at our lives like the wealthy businessman. He's not into us striving to get more money so that we can be better stewards. He is asking us to be good stewards with what we have now. Hebrews 13, 5 says, don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. This morning, I just want to let you all know that you can make a difference. I encourage you to think and to pray about vision builders during the week. You can come and ask Vicky and I questions about it if you have questions. But I believe the, the power of something like this, because this, this is a church program. This isn't, this isn't ordained by God that we have to do this sort of thing. This is, this is a program that we've put into place. And so we, we don't believe in the program, although it's a good thing to do, because people like programs because you know, it gives something for people to follow. But it's the heart behind it. It's the intent. It's, if you read about it, it's the, the things that we do with that program that actually make it good, good to God. He's not interested in the mechanics. He's interested in the heart of the people who get involved. And so we can, I, I want everybody to get involved and not because I'm the pastor and I think everybody should be involved because that's a given. I'm sorry, but you know, this is, this is a church and I've got this, this thing inside of me that says, well, everybody should get involved in stuff because that's just my heart for things. But the reason it's my heart is because I have seen that when everybody gets involved, and that's and involved doesn't mean that everybody's doing everything that I do, or Vicky does, or perhaps Jordan, or Barry, or Liz, or or whoever it is. It's doing what you can do, 
But if everybody adds their little bit, the strength that comes from that is far greater than the individual efforts that we're all putting in. And there is an incredible power in that. Because when God sees, and he said this in the Old Testament, he says, if, if they can come together and have one focus and one direction, one purpose, that it will be no stopping them. And he said that for a bunch of pagans. And he didn't like it. But when he sees his church doing that, he loves it. And he wants us to do that. So that, that's, that's my heart for getting people involved. So I, I encourage you to think about that. Pray about that. A bit like Georgia said, if you feel coerced, because I can be a bit coercive, then that, that's fine. But I encourage you, search your heart, pray, and connect with God about it. Can we stand? Just want to pray with you as, as we finish this morning. First of all, I want to issue an invitation. If you're here this morning and you don't know God as a generous God, you haven't, you haven't given your heart to him, you haven't said, I, 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 want to, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to put him first in my life. I want to submit my life to him and be a follower of Jesus. I, I, you can do that at any time. It just requires a change of direction, an acknowledgement that Jesus did die for your sins and is your Lord and Saviour. And you can start that journey by praying a prayer to invite him to be the Lord of your life. So before I pray, can we just close your eyes, bow your heads. And if you are here this morning and you have never taken that step to invite Jesus to be your Lord, your Saviour, can I ask you quickly just to pop up your hand so that I can see it? I'd love to pray with you after the service to invite Jesus into your life. I'll be up the front after the service if you want prayer for that. I'd love to pray with you. But let me just pray for our hearts about stewardship. Lord, I thank you that you reveal to all of our hearts the importance of building your kingdom. I thank you, Lord, that you give us inspiration to find the ways and the means to bring our church to a place of permanence in our community, to a place of influence in our community, to make it a place of safety, to make it a place of revelation, a place where heaven meets earth, where miracles happen, where people's lives are transformed and changed through the power of your spirit, the power of your word, not just as it's preached, but through every day as your people go out into the world, bring your presence. Help us in the coming weeks make decisions about how we're going to be involved in building your kingdom with our, our Vision Builders program in the next 12 months. Place burdens on our heart that encourage us to trust you and your provision rather than us and our provision. 
Thank you for your providence. Thank you for your revelation. Thank you for your presence. Mighty Jesus, we pray. Amen.